Welcome back, everyone, to season three of Our Love Intervals. I am excited. I feel like new season, a new us. I agree. I agree. And that is mainly thanks to your like social media planning and stuff. I think like new us, as in like our social plans, have been so good. Yes, we've been stepping it up. I feel yes, like behind the scenes, it's been a lot of shit has been happening. I feel like. Uh I just complimented Hella because she kind of looks like a clean girl on our call at the moment. Like, hair slicked back, face washed. <laughs> and it's because you're crossfitting every morning at six, right? Yes. I'm That's a new insane. person too. New season, new Hella. I, okay, listen. I have a question for you. Because every time we're on tour together, <laughs> you do not get up earlier than like a second that you have to. Like... Nine is early for you. Like, if you can, you will do, like, 11, 12. So yes. how how is the 6 a.m. workout coming about for you? Like- I don't know. Like, honestly, it's because uh, my parents, actually, they're always working out at 6 in the morning at the CrossFit. Mm. And going to the gym all by myself is not, not so yeah. fun. So I'd rather go to the gym with them, and it's just way easier. Um, so I just decided that mm, I'm going to wake up at... 5 30 every morning to get to That's the crossfit insane. at six i'm still waking up in the last minute don't get me wrong but right. last minute now is 6 30 rather than 11 so i'm not sure like should we start this also like maybe i like I actually 5 30 like or should we do like a little challenge for a week just like every day 5 30 that's it we're waking honestly up yes let's do that Okay. I would like that. I think because, that would be funny. Yeah. I remember I used to do the 5 a.m. challenge, but I did it for like four months or something in, in oh, um, wow. Australia. That was a long time though. Four? Wait, did you wake Maybe, up at four? No, what is at the five. What is 5 a.m.? 5 a.m. challenge. Just waking up at 5 a.m. every day. <laughs> just sounds, sounds fun. You just wake up at five. That's it. Okay. Um, and I did it because I heard like, you know, like all the, all the successful people wake up early. Da, 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 and then I used to go to the gym at six because... Well, in Australia, like, the sun rises super early, so it's fine. Mm. Like, you don't feel like it's that early. But, man, it gives you so much time during the day. That's what I realized. Like, I get home at 7. At 7, I'm done working out. I go in the shower, and I'm, like, ready for the day 7.30. And I'm, like, fully awake and fully ready. And usually you wouldn't wake up that early, like, in the life of you. Not at all. But you feel great, no? Yeah, I do. I do. A bit tired sometimes because like i think like you need to go to bed earlier if you're gonna which wake you up don't. which i i try to but it's kind of hard to adjust right because yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like when Definitely. we're abroad we sleep like at 12 maybe later girl that's you know? generous <laughs> that's very generous but i'm trying not to out us fully here i don't know, I don't know. um <laughs> so i feel like you definitely need to go to bed early to to be yeah. able to kind of yeah but I'm, I'm adjusting i'm getting there oh, i love that for you do you have any life updates? Um, not really. I'm just like, yeah, training. My life update is that I'm an early waker up, waker up, wake up girl now. <laughs> Part of the clean girl. Crew. Exactly. Oh, maybe we should explain why Sara is not on this call. So Sara's sick. 
she fully lost her voice. She kind of got that voice part back a little bit, but she has not been waking up before 11. It's currently like just before 9 a.m. So she decided to not jump on this call for physical health reasons. And <laughs> since we felt like we're a bit more established now in the podcast scene, we're also going to like in the future going to be doing episodes with maybe just or just one of us as the host, just two of us. Like obviously sometimes all three, like most of the time, all three of us are going to be there. But yeah. Right. Exactly. That we're more like adjustable. Like sometimes it could be one, sometimes it could be two, and most of the times we will be three, of course. Exactly. Elena, how about you? Do you have a life update? I'm curious. I have a little secret. Spill. Okay, so no one's gonna know this until I was debating if I should tell you or not. Um, Tell. So I'm gonna only tell you and then nobody else until like in a week. I'm getting my I'm getting two more tattoos at twelve today. (laughs) No wait 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 i'm not kidding yeah what are you getting is it a secret um it is a secret for now but i will i will send you photos like i will i will do everything thank you um yeah yeah it was super funny because i was like on the phone with jules and i don't know why jules and i will just like whenever i get new tattoos i like brainstorm like a day before max yeah but i i told you know that i I wanted to get more tattoos so like it's been like a little bit of a process but for me i always like this is one thing where i really can trust my feeling like okay i'm ready for a new tattoo i'm gonna do it i usually already know what i want like a little bit and then Mm -hmm. it'll just get more concrete over the course of like one or two days and (laughs) today's the day i love that i love the spontaneous (laughs) side of you which rarely comes out but she's here Also, like, it rarely comes out, and then it's, like, life-changing decisions. Like, I'm going to ink shit on my body for the rest of my life. And this is where I decide to be spontaneous. Oh, yeah. my God. It's so... Did you... Because I remember, like, we talked about it in Marseille mm-hmm. that you wanted to get one, but mm-hmm. now you're getting two? I'm getting two. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I think I'm going to get one here, like, on the upper arm. Mm-hmm. Here. And then the other one on the other back of... Oh, my God. Arm tattoos. Arm tattoos. So my goal is to be one of these Pinterest, you know, like the sleeves on the arms, but like the patchy, like the sticker kind of situation. The cool girl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're going to be that. Also, what what are you saying about, did you see my haircut? Oh my God. I love it. Like a little curtain bag situation. I like the curtain bag situation. (laughs) I really do. It was so funny. I went there um, and I explained to him like, oh, like I want to, you know, let it grow a little bit. But then he was like, girl, I have to like, there's really some part I, I need to cut off because it's so fucking damaged. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess that's fine. Uh, besides that, no, nothing. I came back from Mrs. Championships, which <laughs> were a fail, as everyone has seen on Instagram. Yeah, apparently there was not enough win, right? Yeah. We did not have enough regardless for it to be a fair yeah. and accountable. And it was like so annoying. Like this is just an ego thing, by the way, because I know I raced well. I know I came there and like I was able to prove myself, but I didn't take the, like of those three races, I didn't come um, forward as the clear winner because of one fucking point. Yeah. Um, and I you know had an over early, right? I yeah. Saw. Yeah. And I know, like, I know I could have done it. Um, and it doesn't even matter what's on paper, but it's like, you know, when you go somewhere and you really deliver at your best and it's really good and you probably would have like, I'm not going to say I would have won, but like there would have been a great chance mm. to make up that one fucking point. Exactly. Um, but now there's these pictures floating around where I'm like on second place and I'm like, oh my God, oh no. And then... And the people that and then the people that did well, which is fully normal, like this is no shade to them, they obviously like publish them and they're like, Yeah, it might not be official, but I won or but I'm 
this and this and this you know so these pictures go around um and you're like stop and i'm like stop it doesn't fucking count but again like this is an ego thing i recognize this that is absolutely just from us because i know what i you know like i know what i delivered and i'm happy mm. with the way i raised and i'm happy with the decisions i've taken um but yeah that's the I get I it, like cause it. like rationally, like you're like, I'm I'm good, I'm fine, I did well, I'm I'm doing good, like I'm on the right path. But then like emotionally, it's emotionally like, it's a bit hard sometimes, right? Yeah, I don't love it. But again, this is just like this shows for me once again. Okay, you cannot trust everything you see on Instagram, right? Like no, no, it is not just the so whole clear. Truth. Yeah. Mm. Especially like, you know, sometimes like there's a first and a second and there's like 10 points in between or it's just one, you know, mm. that result. So like, I think it's a big difference, but yeah. Yeah. I'm happy I did that. I'm back home now. I have a shit ton of events. Like I am. Yes, you oh are. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just like, like every day I'm hopping from sponsor event to sponsor event to sponsor event. <laughs> which is great you're on the grind i'm on the grind like yesterday i came home at 1 a.m after one of the sponsor events and the day before at like 11 oh my god you're insane and i love my work i love what i do um also these sponsor events like some of them are for existing partners like i will just like hold a presentation and you know the one in that i did the day before yesterday i actually even got to demonstrate because there was wind so and we were at the lake so i could even go out sailing that's Um, so cool yeah, super awesome. So it's like, it was a presentation, like, um, of the project of, you know, world of also world of windsurf girls, like my car, I showed the gear, everything. And then yesterday I just went to the sailing club, um, also to kind of present my, my project. And then also, you know, to kind of find a bigger network slash partner slash sponsors, but because that's kind of my job in world of windsurf girls is to kind of find sponsors and like network and bring in the money um bring the money in the bag baby yes well i think actually i think we're we're doing it super smart because we're like building up like this passive income stream but also like Mm. we actually want to work with like progressive people and honestly like the people that i'm finding and that want to support us are so aligned with us like just yesterday i met this super badass woman she's like i really want to sponsor girls um i have my own company you know like this badass boss bitch that is like oh I need girls like you. Yeah, like, I want to work with you. You're an amazing person. Yeah, and then she's like, um, all you have to do... Oh, shit, I'm just slapping her. (laughs) And she's like, all you have to do is teach one of my... Like, she has two daughters. Teach my daughter windsurfing. And I was like, well, that can be arranged. We'll make that happen. Right? Of course. Like, we could invite them anywhere, like, to Tenerife or to wherever we're doing our winter training. Yes. That'd be awesome, actually. I think that'd be really cool. So, I got her little card here, and I'm gonna contact her nice. also working on getting us free flights i told you right yes so let's let's see how that's gonna go oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> i'm excited honestly i'm just excited not to worry my ass off for the finances because now when we're talking it sounds like we're getting a lot of money oh my god and, no and like we're at the point of a break like <laughs> You have no, or you, Elena, have idea how stressed I've been because you've been the same. <laughs> but like, so I've been so stressed about finances. I've been like, can I actually compete in the world championships? Like, how do I pay for my flight? Like, I was like, I wish this wasn't mandatory. <laughs> yes, yes, because yes, it's hard. Go. Yeah, because 
honestly, like the money struggles have been there this year. It's been hard. Yeah. So I'm just super yeah. excited for us to just have like a little bit of room to breathe, you know, to have an assurance that we can do our whole season. I agree. And, you know, as you said, like, actually what we're doing is quite risky because at the moment we're just like, there's no actual money in our bank yet because our bank account hasn't been opened yet. So like we're working on opening this bank account so that we can even like start with all the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. We're just like lining everything up. But while we're lining it up, we're using our all of our own sponsor money, which is slowly but surely um, gone. Quickly, I'd say. Like, <laughs> actually, quickly and, and shortly. <laughs> gone. <laughs> Evaporated. Yeah. Um, so we're just like... Well, I think mainly, I, like, you're, I think, more stressed than me because I'm like, oh, it'll work out. Like, it'll be fine. Because I really, I trust <laughs> oh and I believe so. Um, but, yeah, it's getting tight. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Think, Not going to lie. I think um, the numbers on my bank account are still black. Not for long, though. They <laughs> might go into red quite, quite soon. <laughs> oh um, so, yeah, we don't have a lot of money. Like, Oh my god, we still have to do this reel where it's like, in terms of money, we, we have, have no money. No money. <laughs> yeah, because this is this is what's this been is happening. Like, oh my god, like I feel like World Offensive Girls has been built on awesome people and favors and um, yes. people that are willing to be paid later on once it takes like all that stuff, which is amazing. Like it has really yeah. given us the opportunity to do this because we really believe that we can get the finances that we need. We just need the time and the help from people. But it's also kind of stressful because we yeah. do, like, I just feel like I owe people a lot of money. And I'm like... Well, we do. <laughs> we do. I know, <laughs> You're we not do. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But, but I, again, I think it's going to work out. Exactly. So more positive news to you in this case. <laughs> I'm still working on it. And I'm working on it with it's Chris, amazing. our manager. Chris mm-hmm. is amazing, by the way. Yes. He, is, he has did brought... Did we update about that? That we do have a manager now? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like, it's really upped the game. Like, holy shit. It's honestly been a really, really good decision because our, at least like the business part has been taken to another level just by having a person to kind of have the overview and delegate and also like do work himself because he has a lot of knowledge. So it's been really good. Hmm? He studied like marketing or something also. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's definitely a professional. And I feel like all of the stones that we need, like we laid the foundation, mm-hmm. but he just took everything from an amateur level to like top tier. A professional level. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, we already had the finances laid out in a way, but then he comes in and he just makes it perfect, you know? And then <laughs> we had some kind of social media strategy, but he just comes in and makes it the way companies do. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So, and also, World of Winds of Girls is officially a company now. Wait, I know. Is it? Well, yeah. When? Like, I Wait, think... what? How, how does it become official? Like, I am. Well, I just put the papers in and everything, and I think you we're... put the papers in. I did. <laughs> no way. Gosh, we're an official happening. company. We're a co- we're business. You and I are business owners, and so no. sorry, sorry. You <laughs> no. and I are business owners, and we have employees how can i be a business owner i'm like what oh i'm excited at 20 but also but also red like, business it's not the way you think it is like i feel like no. when i'm like i'm a business owner and i have four employees it sounds like i have my shit together and we have like a cute little <laughs> office somewhere in the city bro <laughs> 
it's not anything. the case. I don't have. It's my shit together and money. <laughs> That's the two things I don't have. <laughs> oh yeah. No, but I'm happy. Like we're really moving this forward. Like it's great. It is. Really. Yeah. Okay. So, um, actually, today's episode. So that was a little bit of an update. It was kind of a long update, but I think it you guys are going to enjoy update. it. But it was good. It was needed, you know, yeah. like as a little introduction for season three. Exactly. Um, so today's guest is going to be um, Katka. Um, she is a professional kite boarder. I'm going to introduce her also in the episode. Um, but because this month we have kind of women in sports as the topic in on our Instagram. And we thought it would be amazing to obviously invite the woman um, mm-hmm. to speak. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good conversation. And I'm really excited about it. I'm honestly super excited because I feel like it will be a really inspiring talk and very like, I didn't like when I, when I researched, cause we obviously have to like check out the person we're going to talk to. Exactly. And I honestly got so inspired just like yeah. that. She has the vision about women in sports and stuff. Like, I'm just I think she's on the same level that. as us, probably so more cause she's more experienced. She's done more. Exactly. So I think we're going to be able to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm so excited. All right. Welcome, everybody. Today, we have a very special guest for you. Um, her name is Katarina Salandova. Did I say that right? Yeah, that was right. <laughs> Perfect. And your, your nickname is Katka, right? Is that true? Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, well, let me introduce you a little bit. And I found some facts about you. And I'm going to just read them out. So you're a sports <laughs> psychologist and a professional kiteboarder. Um, but also you founded a company called Kilios and you created this team of psychologists and physiotherapists and you kind of help athletes to reach their full potential with coaching, like one-on-one coaching, group coaching, also to kind of break through these mental blocks. And I also found that you speak six and two languages, it said, and I just wanted to ask what those languages are. (laughs) What are the six languages? Uh, so my mother language is Czech, um, and then I speak German, English, Spanish, um, and then Dutch, Portuguese, and now Italian. So I've been oh for God. the last two months in Italy, and uh, I'm pretty much uh, getting uh, fluent in it. Wow. And then I used to speak French. Yeah. That's wow. incredible. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> yes. So yeah, you're just quite... my huge passions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's why. Oh my God. This is awesome. Well, we actually have a little game prepared for you just to warm up, to break the ice. I don't know if you listen to any of our other podcasts, but we do a little like this or that. So Hella is going to kind of like read out two statements and then you just have to choose one of them. And okay. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be super quick. So you don't have to elaborate a lot. It's just to kind of warm up and get into it a little. So do you prefer morning sessions or evening sessions? Evening sessions. Yeah, Do you man. Prefer the lake or ocean? Ocean. <laughs> I agree on that too. Me too. Um, do you like more to coach or to actually kite? To actually kite. Mm. I like so coach. <laughs> so coaching is more like the work part for you in this case. It is. Yeah, I really enjoy it, but um, I yeah, like I really enjoy it, especially especially if they're people that are like um fast learners 
and you like say things and they do it and it like works <laughs> well this yeah. is so awesome yeah i get that do you like the most to compete or to train so actually i have um find out that uh, competitions are like the best training for me so oh. <laughs> yeah i love competition so kind of i both, mean it's in a way. two different things but um mm. well i i actually just ha haven't competed in my life just in tennis and um now with racing i just love racing so it's mm. amazing to have um yeah people there around that you can race with no that's okay. awesome do you get nervous at all um well of course i guess you do but i'm actually super excited and i really um like look forward to it it's more nervousness about like um if you have like some difficult spot and it's like with launching the kite uh can be like uh difficult or the, like the lines just get crossed and then uh, i noticed because with kiting and all the lines um they can like easily get tangled or if you like have a shifty wind that the kite like switches from side to side uh, so uh, in between that you have like prepared your lines and everything the kite has the lines around it so yeah just like this because then you're like oh actually i need to like get out and like i need to deal with this like please but like equipment play with me <laughs> yeah. yeah we have yeah, that struggle also sometimes <laughs> Do you prefer coaching women or men? Um, I actually really love coaching women uh, lately because I have amazing tools to like bring them further and mm -hmm. it's really rewarding to like um, see them uh, because yeah with women it's like a lot that they are a bit scared or like anxious or like more like not just jumping into it without thinking about it, you know, and to make them eventually actually to jump into it and just like <laughs> crash um, and stand up and crash again and then like learn. It's really cool to see. Yeah. Or like, yeah, actually. Also, so before I said I love coaching people that are like good learners. So it's also amazing to have like this challenge of mm, people or like women that have like a huge kind of like anxiety or like some um uh yeah fear um because we like if you have a fear then everybody's like like tense and like um does yeah it's something you have to overcome something difficult but uh actually it's like if you know how it's super easy to um liberate yourself of it and so it's really nice to um see especially women to uh rock it because yeah kiting as windsurfing is like more the men's sport right and um yeah it's nice to see like more women there and being happy and just enjoying it <laughs> yeah i love that you're saying that i and i i fully agree because i think You know, when, when as a woman you come into a sport or literally anything, it can also be a, a, any job, you know, like engineering or mechanic, yeah. you know, like those typical quote unquote male dominated sports. I think 
first of all, it's scary at all to start as a woman, but it's even scarier to fail, like quote unquote, fail in front of these men. And windsurfing and catting, you can only learn through failing. Like you're going to fall, you're going to crash and you're going to have to do it again and again and again. So if you come into that sport and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm the only woman. And also, oh, no, I have to like, you know, like embarrass myself in front of all these men that I I understand that can be like a huge, a huge fear. But that's the only way. Yeah, the only way you can. That's the only way. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually, sorry, but it's actually been like uh, kind of the motto of, uh, so we, um, so I co-organize some retreats for an organization that supports women in extreme sports called uh, She Flies. And we had like a really um, amazing and successful uh, retreat in Egypt on a boat with 21 women on board. And um, yeah, it was amazing. And it was actually the motto of like, yeah just keep on falling (laughs) just like dare to fall because that's how you're going to learn right and we had like all of the women kind of like liberated of these i cannot fall or whatever but just like trying 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 you know yeah one after each other Mm. i mean hell you don't really crash anymore Right? Because so Hella is Hella does this crazy thing. She goes on the water with like headphones like this, like normal headphones, because she just doesn't crash anymore, so she doesn't get wet. So well, well yeah. that's not fully true. I feel like there are sessions where I'm like having flow sessions, like lineups and like kind of just feeling things, and then I will not crash. But if I do like if I kind of try to push my boundaries, of course I I will fall too. I tried to learn the the flying tech again and I've never fallen that much in like years and it was actually kind of cool to be back on the kind of beginner stage like trying something totally new and keep on falling and falling and falling and I kind of enjoyed it a little because it's kind of like a it's something you need to overcome like it's a new challenge and I yeah I do like that actually yeah Yeah. (laughs) I, I have to admit, like, when I started training with you and Sarhella, like, because they're mm-hmm. they're on a different level, right? So I was the one crashing the most. So that's, I think I could really feel, like, a little bit this embarrassment, you know? Like, A, they have to wait for me because I have to, you know, get back up on the board. But also, like, you just feel so clumsy and you feel like, fuck, like... Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to be very hard on yourself and kind of be like, oh, my God, I suck. I can't do anything, you know, because I'm crashing all the time. But Hmm. I think to just understand mentally that, hey, crashing just means you're, like, pushing boundaries. It doesn't actually mean you're bad. It means you have the guts to actually do it. Yeah, Yeah, it means you're improving. And the funny thing is that you're the only one who's going to think you're clumsy and that you're embarrassing (laughs) and all of this thing. Like, I don't even think about that when you fall. I think, oh, she pushed her boundary. Good, like, she she keeps going go go girl go rocket (laughs) but I don't really think like oh she fell she is bad or anything like that so the funny thing is that it's all in in our heads that everyone is looking at us and judging us while that's almost never the case I would I would say like I I have like uh, two things so one thing is uh, a year ago I just couldn't imagine it was even possible not to crash because because I was just like crashing all the time. It came to a point where I was like, what am I doing here? Like, is it really so difficult to learn a tech? Like, can it be that difficult? Like, it's not even possible. 
and then I started reaching out like to other athletes and then they were like yeah yeah like you have to just uh, keep on trying and then like eventually the point will come and right now I'm at a point where I'm like I actually can decide if I want to crash or not crash <laughs> you know what I mean exactly. like I'm just like not crashing it's like wow like what is that even possible yeah mm-hmm. um and it was interesting what you said Elena about um like this crashing with like being in a group right because um yeah when I kind of came to a point where I was able to like write fast and then kind of probably um made some make some transitions to like not crash and like keep with the others then um yeah I would also be feeling like um well I am slower and um like they need to like wait for me or like yeah but actually like all of us uh went through it um and and yeah of course it's like depends on like the people around that you're with but um actually they also understand that's like this is this is the part of the um of the yeah, learning the process. process and, and you can't skip you... it like yeah everybody has it. to do it <laughs> you just have to be that one person that's like because somebody has to be last at one point it's gonna probably be you because you know if you're pushing you want to train with people that are better yeah. so there is gonna be a point where you're gonna be the person that always comes last and then yeah. this is the point where you have to push through because it's not fun like it's not great it's not an awesome feeling but no. without pushing through that you're never gonna get to the top because even the best person in the world was once the last you know exactly yeah so. mm. Really true. Nice. Okay, well, we are already getting super deep into it, which I love because <laughs> I like to have like a good flow. But we actually have some question, questions also, you know, about your career, but also then we're going to go more into kind of something that you said you're passionate about, which is kind of doing less as in like, I, I'm calling this episode do less, perform better because yeah. there is a, such a thing as overdoing and it can be very harmful and you're very passionate about this. Before we jump on that topic, I wanted to ask, because you just said you were Czech, which is funny because I'm also Czech. So you were raised with Eastern European standards, correct? So Eastern Europeans, I mean, Sarah is half Polish, our other teammate. So she also kind of got that a little bit. And our coach is Polish. Um, He's English. He's Polish, our coach. Ah, he's Polish. Okay. Yes. So also Eastern European. So... I grew up with those values as well, but I just wanted to ask you how that like affected your early career maybe. And, you know, if there were also positive values in it, or you're saying like, okay, well, this didn't teach me anything. I'm happy. I kind of moved away from that. Oh, I mean, it's a huge topic that you could like uh, talk for hours, I would say. Um, Yeah. So of course, like, the education, I mean, till I was 18, I like did all my schooling in uh, in Czech Republic. But then I guess when I was like 17, I went to, um, uh, to Germany for like uh, three months uh, to high school, you know, like exchange. And then I like <clears throat> realized that uh, it is possible differently. Like my mom, um, like, so the schooling and everything, of course, like I got all these like, you would always be set, told uh, you are not enough. You like never uh, do anything well. Like you actually all the time are told 
you're not enough. And I did like the like highest education in Czech Republic. Um, so there's like even more like you you are told like you never you never can reach anything like you never get to the like to the following best school. Um, but then like <clears throat> there was influence from my mom who was always uh, in this very like um, liberal let's say and she wanted to even like uh, put me like into Waldorf school and stuff. So uh, like there was like always a bit like different approach. But um, yeah, so for example, <laughs> I have this um, um, very um, old memory from where I was like four or something where I uh, wanted so badly to do gymnastics. Um, and then there was this talent exams or something. <laughs> And exactly okay. at four, at the age of four, okay. So you kind of, I can imagine it's like you Wait, kind you of four. come there. I have never done gymnastics, right? Um, I was like raised more by this like a uh, liberal mom, like do what you want, and like she wouldn't be like pushing me into things or like, um, yeah, any physics or like cognitive, like you have to like now learn to read thing. And then you come there, and then you stay there with like unknown people and then you I don't know what I had to do there probably like walk or like move myself somehow and then like very fast they said oh you're not talented and that's what one of the four? things huh? I was hold four. on at four you can barely walk like how can they that is crazy well that's 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 pretty much the like I mean this is like this right like mm. you are not enough you never can uh, reach anything and like the talent and age uh, is like are like crucial factors for everything and especially like in physical activities and um so eventually um i would um like do a lot of sports always you know like skiing tennis football um snowboarding but i never got like into something like gymnastic because yeah whatever like now for seeing it from the point of psychologist I can see that there was probably some like uh traumatic like a trauma yeah um that was like blocking and it's like blocking you on like very subconscious level right and um also I always thought I'm too old to do uh sports and it's like it's very interesting because if you see my like life <laughs> I was like probably the half of the time that you go to school I was doing sports you know like and competitively <laughs> so oh wow but I was actually believing I cannot do yeah like I I was believing I'm not really a sportive person or something um, and then for example the education from my uh, dad came um so there I would be playing tennis and I would be like pretty good and then he would be like shouting at me that's when I'm doing, when I like did some errors, but he has never played tennis. <laughs> so he couldn't uh, even give oh, me, wait. it was just <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was like, okay. Um, but as a child and I have, uh, and I'm person that like, um, pushed through and like, uh, is very like dedicated. And when like I start with something and I just like do everything for it. So like at that point, I thought as a child, yeah, it's like my fault. 
and yeah, eventually I stopped playing tennis because I started to be like very bad and I didn't enjoy it. Well, yeah, um, these are like the things that you um, kind of get from the education there. All the things that you just explained, like I can recognize like my own heritage and my own family from this a lot because when I grew up, um, you know, school was everything like your your worth is actually completely correlated to your performance in school and sports in whatever you do. Um, I think like obviously my family was a bit more scaled down because they had already like they fled from the Czech Republic in like 1969. Um, so in the Prague Spring. Yeah. So I think it was a little bit diluted, like it wasn't as hard because I didn't go to a Czech school, but I took these values for the rest of my life. Like I am a hundred million percent judging myself according to my um, performance. So I'm really at, at this moment, like after 20 years of life, I'm just starting to detach my self-worth from my performances yeah. and that's going to be like a long road. That's not going to just happen like this. But as you said, yeah. like I noticed especially actually through Hella, because Hella, I think you had a completely different upbringing. And like through you, I'm really understanding like, holy shit, like I'm not just a good person when I win. Like when I lose, I'm still a great person. It has nothing to do with mm -hmm. who I am. But this Czech mentality, Eastern European mentality, it's like you win, you're a winner, you lose, you're the loser. Like this is, yeah. and um, if you don't win, you're not doing enough. You have to do more. You have to train more. You have to eat you better. Never you never enough. Yeah, you're never doing um, exactly. And it's like um, I'm actually I've actually been thinking the past days about all this. Oh yeah, and um, I'm like, how is it even possible that I'm I was able to like um, disattach myself from I well I haven't mm. been. I think I will always think I I am or I could, but it's still to some point there. Um, but. Anyways, uh, seeing this, it's incredible that I was able to like uh, come to, yeah, level as I am now because, um, yeah, <laughs> it's actually crazy. I mean, it works like this kind of motivation of um, you're not enough, so it's like so that it like pushes you uh, to be better. But it's the thing is, it's not. Um, the best you can get out of yourself and it's not sustainable and like after it's not a while sustainable gonna... and it's not healthy it's yeah, like exactly. you you will eventually and that, that's also the age right so like the age topic like um so actually i would believe that because i haven't started some sports like at a very young age i couldn't learn it and then actually i started kiting when i was 22 right <laughs> i started um um uh, like acro yoga which is like acrobatic thing when i was also around age of 20 and um and this is this was like kind of also connected to this gymnastics which i like never thought that i would be able to do but uh i got actually eventually really good in the acrobatics <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so i'm just because you've come really far in like changing those values up a little and doing it your own way and I was just wondering like how did you change from those values like how did you realize that there is a, a better way a more efficient way to do it I guess it's a combination of a lot of things um so 
yes um i guess it's um like my um my just like love for learning so like learn fast and learn um really profoundly and so it started with it started probably with languages like i just want so badly to uh like speak many languages that i just like try to find ways to how to do that and then in my studies uh we did some uh scientific like experiments on it and then you like uh learn like what are the like best methods and uh well i guess i have always been also like very open uh to like anything and then um yeah just like open and um um yeah to try like anything and i guess like this is uh this is one thing that um like would bring me like further and um yeah i like i have never thought like this uh kind of like education works um and yeah eventually like when i like right some years ago i was like uh researching a bit on like which emotions for example are like the best for like the peak performance right so um and then like it comes out actually that at the end like the most energy or the most like uh, mm, the best mindset the best like physical state comes to a positive emotions of course you can get uh, like if you see like anger for example and i guess it could be it depends on a uh sport but like if you see anger it gives you energy but it's just like very uh short lasting and not for like long time but then i went to mexico for a year of studying and when i did my bachelor's and it was pretty much also like the uh turning point because then i went like from this um super pragmatic like a very um doing 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 society uh into if you have done one of the 10 things that you wanted to do at the day you had to be like super happy about that and of mm-hmm. course it was like frustrate me at the beginning and um it would like that really make me um <laughs> happy and i would be like well we can do just um so many other things um and yeah but then uh, it was like the first time when i really like had to uh, take things easy um because otherwise you just annoyed all the time and i was living there for a year so yeah that was and pretty also, so this is where where your kind of this mindset comes from of hey like you can actually do too much like there is a thing of overdoing it right so this is where this this mindset comes from is that true yeah right yeah and specifically like it started there and um like in the past years i would be living for yeah longer in a different latin american countries and then um especially like at places where people kite and then you see the locals there being like on a super good level but they have never gone through like you're not enough like not mm. at least not at this point like they like 
they just don't have I guess they just don't have this right they just like they are just living <laughs> and they're so, just like, doing what they love and enough yeah. and uh, you can see them in like amazing flow amazing like doing amazing things and like not thinking you know about like it's even if it's not true because um I have had also some clients of them and then you like eventually realize even the men have like this uh, the same thoughts of what is going to happen and like fears but they are probably like able to switch it off at the moment but anyways mm -hmm. like I was asking myself well they didn't go through any you have to do your university you have to go like you have to follow this path um they have They are just like more here and now mindful and well i did i wrote my master thesis on mindfulness and so um like when you um when you kind of are in one topic for like half a year or a year and you're reading all this lit literature you eventually kind of also start to like convince yourself or believe that it like works right but then when I like for example I was living in Colombia this like super remote place but super nice guiding spot and I actually realized well we like the west uh, world western world or how we want to call it uh, are probably like never able to probably totally like switch off and be here and now and mindful like you can for a certain amount of time of course but like if you compare it to uh, to the people there they're just like super here and now like you know they are not yeah. thinking about i need to pay the insurance the next month like mm. of course they are living differently but they just don't have this and so then i've been like there's probably where it comes from like well i'm coming like from this um very like 190 degrees word and like this is like not doing anything and like both work um mm. and so well thing is both are extremes so like actually there's the point like um how can you do how can you like put those together to like find some like middle way exactly Super interesting because I'm actually also working on that on the on the water like during races because I realized that recently I have been judging myself a lot and I have this voice in my head telling me that I'm never good enough when I start I'm like oh that was not my best start so it's not good enough when I attack I'm like oh that's not my best attack so it's not good enough and always comparing myself to the like best thing I ever did um, and I also realized that if you just stay more in the now and in the present and have more like acceptance and more more yeah you reach a better flow and it, it actually like I can see it in my races when I'm present and here and now compared to when I'm in my head and just judging myself with everything I do and I really see a big difference so it's, it's super interesting I fully made the same yeah. kind of conclusion that yeah. you can do both but I, and I feel like you can reach a certain level with the, like being hard on yourself but yeah. that you can reach even further if you kind of manage to stay in the present yeah. and have this flow and mindfulness and the thing is like it's it's also like good to be hard on yourself right because like otherwise you don't um, you don't step out of your comfort zone but the thing is to be hard on yourself to like realizing okay where are the 
possibilities to improve like what am i right now like not doing um that well that it doesn't bring me to my goals um and then you kind of also with all these like negative things i mean they are good to recognize what you can uh change but then you should come to the solution and like to get instead of the negative things the positive ones and immediately and for example like also in a competition um like if you if you fall okay that's not cool uh but like okay then you can just uh, analyze very fast okay what did i do wrong and then like again switch to the positive like um like it doesn't matter like now i'm going on 100 again so um and the thing is that all these negative just thought what you think that are just just thoughts even if you say you you can see that it like impacts you a lot they are also a programs of your like the thoughts are connected to your muscle um uh tensions or um uh, or preparedness or flexibility so uh, if you if they are if your muscles are tense because they're like ne- negative things because they you're judging yourself you're uh, like thinking oh that's not good that's not enough or that should be that way uh, a the muscles are not that flexible so that they, they cannot uh, react as you say if they are in a flow if you are in a flow so uh, they are flexible they can react to like all the um, conditions that um, are around you flexibly and also um your concentration is not 100 percent like i mean it's mutual right so the concentration is not on 100 percent like from the 100 you take the 20 percent to think of um i'm not enough it's not good um i made a mistake so now you have just you're just having the 80 percent um, to like properly concentrate, to be a properly flex, to to enable your body to be like properly flexible. So it's actually a very logical what is happening. Logical there. explanation. Mm. I was wondering if you know people that are now at home, they're listening to this. They're maybe athletes themselves, and they're like, okay, well, apparently you can. There is a thing such as overdoing, and it can be really harmful. But how do I know if I'm overdoing it? Because I think most athletes are afraid of not doing enough, right? Because we're all, we, we all want to be the best. We want to win the Olympic gold medal. We want to win the world champions, European championships, whatever. Um, how do I know I'm doing too much? So um, it's difficult <laughs> and I'm struggling with it. Um, but also in your question, you have already the answer. So uh, you said um, they are afraid or we are afraid of not doing enough. Anytime there is a fear, there is some negative um, emotion, some negative feeling, some negative energy, um, that's not helpful at all. So it's actually about um, like realizing all these things um like if it's a fear if it's this like doubt if it's um like anything that is actually like they are good 
to realize okay like what what am i what what is like stopping me what is blocking me um they are good for that but then you have to uh switch to the solution right so you have to uh find out okay like if i have those fears so how 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 am i going to liberate myself of them or like when i have these like i'm not enough how am i going to work with this and like fear is actually um something very um very central for um like anything actually like you can find some kind of fear like um that you feel like unsafe or unsecure um everywhere and like once you a get aware of it and b start to like working on it then um yeah then you're actually already uh really good beside of the fear uh how because your question was how you recognize it right so that you're like doing uh too much so um like there's for me awareness of your body and mind so like uh, mindfulness what we call it nowadays um or it's like pretty known uh word or um construct uh, it's the base because you have to be and i mean at least are like good at it right because you are already like pretty much aware of your body compared to uh, the normal population but still you need to be like pretty much aware when you are like on a high level to like anything to your body to your mind when it's starting to be like painful when it when you're when you suddenly start crashing um then like actually lately um when i start crashing in a session i just quit the session or just take a break because it just doesn't doesn't have a sense or just do something different because it just doesn't have a sense and you probably also like going to oh it's could be like very probable that you're going to injure yourself and then probably some angriness or frustration come into it right so it's not helping mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so how, basically how do you, oh, listen sorry. to your body and kind of trust trust yourself and your own feelings right yeah mm -hmm. and you love like that re re relax <laughs> right yeah like, yeah. like learn to properly uh relax and like having yeah enough hours of sleep and probably like uh yeah learn to techniques to to just uh profoundly relax your body and mind hmm. how do you relax <laughs> sometimes difficult <laughs> no but there so um like yes actually like since years i'm using like certain techniques to um like switch your brain to like different frequencies so like either you can do that to like be in a flow or you can do that to like properly relax yourself so like body scan or like progressive um muscle relaxations um uh, are really really good things um and then like bring this to like the the visualization level to yeah so do you meditate um <laughs> like i would say meditation it's a, a huge um um category right 
Right. I mean, I it can know. be yoga, right? It can be like move, yeah. mindful. Move. Well, I guess it's just mindfulness then again yeah. in this way. Um, yeah. So like I, as I teach all these mindfulness thing, I also do that or I also practice that. Um, but specifically what I do is, uh, yeah, this profound muscle relaxation and then like getting into like different state of mind, like uh, bringing your brain into like different frequencies. Um like either for just uh, relax your your uh, your body or even to like um then if even if it's uh then questionable if it's relaxation like if you're working on like um uh, the visualizations of what you what you want to do in the sport yeah but, mm, that's so interesting yeah um well that's yeah it's it's good to think about also like for for myself maybe to be like oh like where you know where I can where can I do better how how can I relax because I definitely do have a little bit of an issue with you know switching off um yeah she is you do push yourself a lot I think you have high expectations to yourself maybe this comes from that uh, like eastern european mindset I think so, kind so. Of push yourself a lot yeah. yeah but you also probably know those days where you just like didn't do uh anything and you come back on the water and you're just like you just better which uh <laughs> or like what do you say you like uh skipped uh three levels and you're suddenly like uh crashing it and mm-hmm. um no i agree yeah, yeah it's just it's hard to trust it because we're being taught so consistently you can only get better if you put in the work all I heard for my whole journey is hours on the water, hours on the water, hours on, you just have to have more hours. And for some parts, that's true. Like for the board feeling, I noticed that I have less hours on the water than the girls. So I have like some feeling, like I don't have all the feeling that you girls do. And for that, all I can do is hours of lineups, right? But it's not just that, you know, like there, there's more to it. It's about, I think, in my opinion, training smart, but it's hard to be like, okay, I'm going to skip today. Yeah. Because, it's, but it's, yeah. So, sorry, but it's also like the quantity and quality. Yeah. So like That's if true. you have 10 hours in a water and uh, you concentrated just one, then of course, really one hour of, improvement. of course you will get, you will get also the feeling of it. I, I'm not saying that now because, well, I still trusted like all my, um, hours also of teaching of uh, like having like shitty conditions um also teach you a lot right but then it's like you can bring it to level where you really should like have a look okay am i training or am i like really here and am i really like learning or like doing something or am i just like surviving (laughs) Also, a very important part is the joy. Yeah. So, like, for example, me, I have, well, so I compete in a race foiling, uh, foil racing, whatever. (laughs) And, but I also really love uh, jumping with the foil and, um, like, having, yeah, a really cool, like, jumping session with some tricks. It's, um, and it's been for me just really nice, um, balance. 
And as you have asked about the meditation, so there are like very different, like there are very different approaches that you can have to meditation. And there's also this like active meditation. Um, and I was actually interested um, because I have never talked to um, anybody like of like hmm, winter foilers. <laughs> because like for me, foiling is just pretty much a magic a bit. It's like pretty much oh, like yeah. flying. And like the feeling that you get on it, it's just incredible. Like I used to have it with snowboarding, with powdering. That was like for me the highlight of my life. Like going um um in a in a fresh powder and just flying over the slopes they were, they were like wow it's like the best and then i have heard about foiling and somebody t said in this first video that i saw like oh it's like powdering i was like wow that i have i have to try it and now for me it's like you can't compare it but you can um it's like different but it's, it's like powdering but better yeah yeah, and it's, it's kind of magical. and you can do it like any time. You just don't need to wait for these for the, the powder, right? Mm, exactly. But for me, like to go with a free ride foil kiting, um, I used to I used to um, use it as a as the meditation. So I would go like in the morning um, for like a session of thirty minutes and just like. Uh, cruising there awesome. and it's like immediately switches me into here and now in the present moment um, how is it for you the, fo the foiling it's honestly magical i remember like the first time i i tried it i was i was just like feeling i was I just could not believe that it was real in a way yeah but it, it was kind of magical like like flying in a way like i just could not believe that it was so real and so accessible as you say like you don't have to wait for the for the powder to come you can just do it whenever there's wind which is most of the time so it's it's really amazing i i really love it yeah i agree yeah. i wish i wish we could like show this to more people i think yeah. you know because it is for us it's accessible but really it's not as accessible as powdering because you can rent a snowboard anywhere like anywhere there's snow there's gonna be a rental and it's not too expensive like it's not gonna yeah. break your bank right but to actually try foiling i think the the hurdles are actually much bigger. Like the fear is there more, I think, than on, on a snowboard. It's freaking expensive still to buy it, but also to rent it. Um, so I think, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just wish more more people could have this feeling because yeah. I get asked, what is it like? What is it like? And I feel like no description that I give is accurate enough. No, you cannot describe it. Hella, do you want to go into the last question about the women? Yeah, so um, this month in our social medias and stuff, we're kind of investigating what it's like being a woman in sports. Um, and we were just wondering, like, what is one difference you see as women in professional kiting compared to men? Like, is there a lot of differences? It's, and some are good and some are bad? Or how, how is that? I guess, um, I, I guess I was pretty um, lucky. Uh, with like with the foiling because well yeah so I mean of course at the beginning with kiting I was like seeing myself there's the only like one of the like very few women and and of course you got, got like all these uh, like questioning yourself or you think like you have to like prove yourself or sometimes they're like 
strange question. But the thing is, like, from the very beginning, I was also a coach. And I was also, like, pretty much doing okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, so what I want to say, I was, like, from the better ones on the beach. So there was, um, there was already, like, bring me into, like, another uh point but still like sometimes you have like the um strange like question or like of course like I'm a small girl uh some people say like um you know I now look uh rather cute than uh not and um then you have <laughs> then you have still like these men that would like come to you and want to like uh give you advices where I'm like at a point uh where <laughs> where I'm like <laughs> okay um you know like me launching a kite that like either you've bought wrong kite or you didn't know what you're buying or you can a kite pretty well uh, because you have this kind of kite and like a guy coming to me and saying to me like oh like you have a too big kite and I'm like yeah and I'm going on a foil <laughs> such an idiot <laughs> um yeah and like it's it's like you know mm -hmm. um, it could be okay like you are just afraid like you don't want to give an advice but I'm also not going to guide to tell him well sometimes I am if I am if if they are like uh doing some wrong things there and like being dangerous but um I'm also not going to somebody to like advise him and it's it has took me a while to like trust in myself right because of course like it's it's a it, the conditions you know like never know like the wind and you're like in different spots and like it's so much that you like all the factors that you have to consider and like at the beginning you just actually don't know and you're like trying to like find out but actually the thing is you like realize like you're not the only one that doesn't know <laughs> um and and you like it's so important to be able to switch off this like what is around you and like trust into like yourself and like your expertise and what's like your um experience and of course like it comes with hours it comes with uh, uh, uh days it comes with um yeah like the experience but then like literally like trust your experience because for example i would be already like pretty good kiter uh, a, a coach and then i would sometimes still fall into this like a guy coming to me telling me something and it would like make me like unsure okay which one which kite do i have to take or like um and i guess i learned a lesson it was a hard lesson because I lost board because of a guy who told me that he's going to save, uh, take my board. So I was swimming, like the wind died. I was swimming in the water. It was with a tube kite some years ago. I was swimming in the water and I was pretty uh, okay because I knew like I'm going eventually to come to the beach. Um, I had my board, everything. Um, and the, this guy, guy was still able to hold his kite in the air and uh came to me and was like yeah i'm going to take your board and i'm like no i'm okay and he was like no 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 like i'm going to take it and you can like pack your kite and you have like less um stress he has never taken my board so my board was lost 
Yeah. And it's like incredible how like somebody can be, he was a, he was a teacher. So I was like, he was instructor. So I thought like, I kind of like trusted it. Uh, but then it was like the turning point when I was like, no, I'm actually pretty okay. Like I'm, I, I know what I'm doing and like, I'm not going to like trust to the others that are like just thinking they, um, they, they, they know more. I don't know what they are thinking, but it's incredible. I and think this, I have, is, this is a male thing. I have thing another though. story, which like I fell into this again in Egypt after like one year training, like, you know, when I could on the foil, on the race gear. And like, you can count people who has race gear, who actually know to ride it. Um, and then I come to Egypt and there are like these help, like, Egyptians like helpers uh, that like help you like launch the kite and like pump it up and everything well I <laughs> like they put me with the boat to this like small island but or, like sandbank where there were like other group and they were like oh yeah like this guy's like going to help you out if you need something I was like yeah okay but I just like need to launch my kite and I go and he comes to me and it's like oh do you want me to launch your kite and I'm like do you even like know how to launch this kite like have you ever like had like foil kite and especially like I don't have even like normal chicken rules so yeah <laughs> and then actually he was uh, uh, he kept on um, asking me and then there was like moment in my mind where I was like oh yeah I could um, actually like why not because there were it was a bit sketchy there were like some stone and then the next second, I was like, what am I thinking here? Like, you have been like, you have been on the water every day. You have launched this kite so many, so many times. You have launched it in the, like more sketch, like so sketchy places where you like um, onshore wind with no beach where it's like probably uh, like very probably that you can hit the building in front of you. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of men have, or like, the men have like this conviction about themselves, you know, they're like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm you know, not all men, by the way, no generalization, but often yeah. like it's usually the men. And then as a woman, it's very easy to feel like intimidated and feel like, oh, well, he knows what he's talking about. Fuck, mm -hmm. do I know what I'm talking about? And I've also noticed this recently. A lot of men just talk shit. Like they yeah, talk 100%. about the gear, they talk about the foil, they talk about like the performance. And then I'm just sitting there, I'm like, literally nothing that you just said is true. None, <laughs> none of, but they say it with such a conviction of themselves. Like they're just speculating, but they're pretending like they really, really, really know what yeah. they're saying. And, and yeah, yeah. And I think women so don't do it as much. To, to like realize this and to like, yeah. us put us into the place of actually talking because, yeah. because like, I also don't want to like your life, but if you are con like with the expertise, with the experience, um, you actually can talk. Yeah, exactly. Like you know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I had this recently too. There was this um, instructor here around, and um, he's been like teaching fighting for like 15 years. And I mean, yeah, it's oh, 15. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's his work, okay, I, like, respect him, and he wants to feel like he knows, 
But then he starts talking about foiling. He has been standing two times on a foil. And like, I don't care, like do whatever you want. But he was talking in front of me, seeing like, seeing me every day there, right? <laughs> to yeah. some people. And then he just like says, um, very con in like very convinced um, voice, the worst mistake you can do with foiling. And I was like listening just half because I just don't, you know. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, but what are you saying?" And like he just repeated it, and I'm like, "Well, no, like this is like the worst thing you can do. Like it's number one thing that you like shouldn't do at all because you're going to injure yourself." Probably. What is it? Um, what was the? Well, so his idea was that you should like get off the foil. Um, like going like uh, upwind of the foil, like if something happens. So like you kind of like sit down, um, yeah. But then like the, the foil can just like hit you and any, oh. you know? So like the idea is actually you want to get uh, down when you want to get like so far from the foil as possible when something happens. So you actually like put on, pull on the, pull on the bar and Again, like right now where I'm saying it, I'm like, okay, like it could be also like wrong, but no, it's like, it's, it's you just... know that it's the truth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I think it's hard when, when, cause I think men can have the, the habit of like talking as if they know it. And I think if you're insecure about it, it's really hard to kind of realize that they're talking bullshit. But now when we're like more experienced, we know our shit, we know what works, what doesn't. And now we can kind of sort it yeah. out and kind of know who's yeah. talking who's saying yeah. something useful and who's not yeah. but when you're in that insecure like learning space it's kind of it's really hard to to separate that yeah. I think. also when you're Actually, alone and you're talking to like four men and all the four men are agreeing even though they're all talking shit and you're like well you know you also don't want to be that person like oh i know better than you and like because you don't want to be that but men don't really have a problem being this this exactly. way they don't they don't mind yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> It's actually well, so important in my point of view to like put yourself into this this way because like otherwise there's just so much confusion like confusion because of uh because you can talk uh, in co a way that you can convince people right mm -hmm. yeah but yeah. to be to put it uh, uh, at the top I was very lucky that I had like super good coach who would like never give me the feeling that I cannot do anything or that something is difficult like I would actually learn foiling with like yeah it's cycling you know like it's like mm. it's what I want to say like it's something you can do like there wasn't like any point where it would be just like oh like that's difficult like that's oh that was going to be um not that easy or you're not able to do that and yeah uh, that was that was like very nice to to have this yeah, yeah. i think these coaches are so important for for yeah. women in general also for men actually like for everybody in in any area of life mm. yeah but well, anyways i have wanted like i thought um like anyways like if you now i actually come to your to answer the actual question i can really feel that like 
some men when I started to getting better um, I just like trying to <clears throat> trying to explain why they are not uh, why they are performing the same or how they are performing uh, not like why and I can now compare myself with them and it like was for home. me yeah. it was for me like I didn't understand at first because for me it was like well we are working here on one thing like together like uh, it's actually like nice right <laughs> but then I realized uh, it's uh, yeah they're threatened like, a little bit because we have of them we are, yeah don't like it we have the same in windsurfing there's like the, the jibing right there's people that say you like there's jibing like a man quote unquote or you jibe like a woman and they actually like use that as like a comparison really? thing yeah. yeah and they say like women can never jibe like men or they can jibe because we're not able physically da, da, da. Why? Appar apparently we're not well there is some women that do it but you know like reality of it is i think there is not a lot of women that do the lay down jibe maybe because they don't fucking want to or because you know they're afraid of being judged because we are being judged all the time. So yeah, I think what you said about men having in their minds that they just need to be better than women. And if they're not, they failed. Um, that I, yeah. I see that. Yeah. It would be a really same. interesting thing that you are saying, because I mean, this is exactly the thing, what you believe that you can do, you can do. You so can. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's actually like the thing, right? Like if it's believed in the community that certain, um, sort of people cannot do that this sort of people is going to um have all these uh, thoughts all these like um, doubts limitation doubts and they are eventually not going to do that they are eventually not going to succeed and that's what i really feel like in my um foiling career um uh, that i have been actually super lucky not having any of this well, so thank you for this conversation. It's been yeah. it's been really fun. It I, has. I'm I'm very happy with it. I feel like we we have a we lot covered yeah. a lot. It was pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. Um, for the listeners, um, they can find you on Instagram, right? Yes. Um, under Kat Casalandova. Also, right. check out her coaching company Kilios. um if you feel like you have blocks or something or you need a mental coach which i can 100 percent recommend to do that you know check her out hit her up and in my opinion i hope that at one point we can maybe collaborate in one of our clinics you know add a little kite section hopefully in the future that would be super yes. fun that would be amazing Come yes on. right mm -hmm. but to for now exactly so, yeah. <laughs> but for now also just thank you for the work that you do you know for women in the sports for for catters in general i think it's super awesome you're such a power woman and yeah thank you for this conversation thank you too it was really nice <laughs> oh my god i love this so much you can tell us anything we don't judge we're the non-judging breakfast club and that they blame it on your vagina she <laughs> always drinks tequila what psycho <laughs> drinks Red Bull at night?